1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Scotland must get back to winning ways When Moldova visit tomorrow John McGinn, Nathan Patterson, Stephen O'Donnell And Kevin Nisbet are back As Ian Maxwell sticks up for Stevie Clark And Ryan Christie thanks Celtic fans For their unconditional love As he bids farewell I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Stephen McGinn And a man who's always full of unconditional love Hugh Keevans Listen, when the SFA Chief Executive Ian Maxwell Is obliged to go public with his Defence of the decision to extend Stevie Clark's contract One week after the extension Was signed Then you know the tide of public opinion Has turned against the Scotland manager He must win tomorrow night Against Moldova at Hamden There will be no excuse acceptable If Scotland don't win Losing to Denmark is one thing Not getting all three points Against Moldova is another and Stephen McGinn's not daft Hugh Keevans Well we no. knew that already But the last time he was here Was just before a Scotland game as well And he clearly knew the team Because his brother had told him And it was Andy Halliday yes. And myself We tortured him for the two hours We could easily tell who was playing And who couldn't And he's walked in here Chest puffed out and said I've deliberately not found out the team this week Listen, So you can't get out of him I believe him again I know them all I believe him again If he says he doesn't know the team He doesn't know the team Big game anyway Yeah Um so the problem, I feel, obviously, as a Scotland team coming into these type of games, it feels as if because we haven't won any of the big games, like the Denmark's away, or taking points from them, these games just seem like must win every time we have them at hand. And every time we go into them, it's like we cannot fail. Like that, It's mm-hmm. tournament over, uh, campaign over if we, if we drop any points. So the job has to be done, and then we have to go and have a statement result in Austria. But John is playing tomorrow, yeah? Not sure <laughs> Don't believe you 01419511025 On the phones Let's hear from you At Clyde SSB On Twitter It's a long international break This one with the three games But we need to win tomorrow I think that goes without saying So pick your team then Everyone is back That was in the or, or most of them Are back That were in the initial squad So pick your team Who are the 11 players That can go And do the business Against Moldova tomorrow You were all full of Criticism uh, last night for what happened in Denmark So you're the manager for the next two hours What do we need to do tomorrow? Who should play? Who shouldn't play? Where are we at? Have we any chance left of qualification After the Denmark disappointment? And I know fine well International football does not float everyone's boat So if you want to talk domestic stuff Just pick up the phone Pick up the phone, change the topic And let us know what's on your mind Maybe here's a wee challenge for you for later in the window We always like to put some predictions out there You can screenshot them You can remind us at the end of the season What's the best bit of business done During the transfer window I mean anywhere in Scotland Whether it's a player that you bought A player that you kept, a contract, whatever You can be creative with it Get the predictions in And we'll see if they stack up come May What was the best piece of business done During the transfer Window and we'll get to that a bit later on. But 01419511025 at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Well, best piece of business. Oh, you don't have to show your hands yet. I can give you no. some thinking time on that. I was going to say I renewed my wife's driving <laughs> license online. <laughs> don't tell Gordon DL he renewed his somehow twice and got sent two driving licenses. He's a nightmare. He really is. Um, but yeah, Hugh, what have you made of the reaction to Denmark on? Um, I, I think we could have played our best side. And still lost to Denmark But it was the manner in which we lost The the two goals coming in 90 seconds 
uh, complaints over Steve Clark's initial team selection and by the time he changed the system and the personnel, it was too late. I do understand that Steve Clark got us to Euro 2020, did a marvellous job uh, in getting us there, albeit after a penalty shootout. We all know the script. Uh, I do understand why he got the job in the first place. He did a remarkable job with Kilmarnock and that made him the go-to guy for the job. And, uh, you know, I, I think the vast majority of fans in the country agreed with his appointment. There now comes a point after 26 internationals under Steve Clark when we have to get real. We have to beat Moldova. And Stephen described it, a statement result against Austria in Vienna would be most acceptable. Um, the top news for the team selection for the weekend is that your brother John is back. Bit of a nightmare situation. We're still, you know, whatever a year and a half on at the stage where big players are missing big games due to COVID. How how has he been? What was it like during all that? Um, yeah, well, uh, John being John, he buys a, a robot Hoover uh, <laughs> to keep him busy. But um, <laughs> now it was it's quite frustrating because he started the season um, pretty well. Um, my brother, brother watched him against Newcastle and said he was brilliant, um, best player in the park. I know we're a bit biased, but he said he was really good. And then going into a big game against Brentford at home and then huge games for Scotland, he's, he has to stay in his house for 10 days, which is restricting in itself in terms of fitness. But um, he's kept busy, um, got a treadmill, and um, he said he's ready to go, so got to take him at his word. Yeah, I mean, you won't show your hand. I fully believe he will play tomorrow, and I won't try and force that out of you. But what what's that... Isolation period like player, and we'll hear from him actually later on in the show. But that that doesn't take any edge off ahead of tomorrow. Good to go. I think it's hard to tell. I mean, we've got one currently um, at Kilmarnock, and um, speaking to him, and it's you, you can't go out. Do you know what I mean it's uh, the biggest strength to to our games is your fitness, and um, you're really restricted to what you can do. But he's got a bike and a, and a treadmill, so and he, he never had any symptoms at all. Um, so you're just hoping that the work he's did previously and, and just to top up that he's still mm. good to go and still match fit to what extent does the adrenaline get you through it? tomorrow night I think um, yeah I mean yeah, I can only imagine what it's like playing for Scotland he says every time it's just as special as his first so um, and, he, and he thrives on that I mean even you can notice the difference in his game when the crowds weren't in so I'm sure he feeds off of that mm. as well 01419511025 how are you feeling ahead of this Moldova game surely only a win will do I don't think there's any debating that who should play who shouldn't play is it about really going on the front foot will that be reflected in an attacking side as far as you're concerned who would you pick let us know how you're feeling your reactions to the Denmark game and if you just want to change the topic and talk domestic football pick up that phone the international break the first one that comes around every time at the beginning of September sometimes it's a good opportunity to take stock take a breath have a look at your team's start to the season and the transfer window's just closed as well. So whatever is on your mind, please do share it with Stephen McGinn and Hugh Keevens. Let's hear from the manager. He says tomorrow night is must win for Scotland. He's also looking for a performance on top of the points and thinks that six points from the next two games is achievable. We know where we are. We know what this week was all about. We need points that keep us in contention towards the end of the group stage so that we're, we're always fighting. So we come October, November, we're in, the, we're in the mix for qualification. And we still have that in front of us. We need a performance and we need a win against Moldova. And that's, that's what we focus on. No, nobody's shying away from that. We have to win. And if we can win and play well, it'll be great. If we can just win, then that'll be fine. I think you always have to set out to get the maximum you can out of any situation. And obviously, after the result, the last result, it's going to be more difficult to be first. Uh, it's second still 
attainable then very much so, yeah. We can definitely get two wins in the next two games. Whether we need them or not will be determined by how the other, the other games pan out. And let's bring in Gary and Clyde Bank, who's first through tonight. Hi, Gary. Hi, panel. Thanks for taking my call. Pleasure. What's on your mind? Um, my mind's just that, you know, I'm, I'm 42, so I've always, I was lucky enough to remember Scotland um, when we qualified the last time for the Cup against mm-hmm. Brazil and that. Uh, I was 18. Uh, I've watched with, you know, dismay about how we've gone and I've not got the answer to what's happening with Scotland, but the way I see it is we need more teams out there, like um, uh, Clyde Bank Football Club have got an academy going, going really, really well. You know, they've got under-20s playing the night at home park. The, the squad are playing brilliant, but there seems to be a lot of gap between 15 and 16-year-olds and then 19 to 20-year-olds. They're all playing in the same parks. You know, they play the recce or John Browns, and these are all big full-size parks. The recce's famous for being the same size as Hamden. So you've got all these guys at 15, 16 trying to learn their trade, playing on a full-size park. And something needs to change. And I say, I've not got the answer, but there's that many teams out there, amateur level, junior level, and now like, the bankies are thankfully back to senior level. Um, it's, it's just something needs to be done at a level that helps the youth and that helps people. I mean, there's guys out there getting 20 hours a, 20 hours a week to amateur teams, you know, kids' teams. These guys are getting no help. But during the COVID thing, Sports Scotland described amateur and junior football as jumpers for goalposts. And if, if that's what you're dealing with at the government level, how are we expected as people that are gaining up valuable hours weekly to, to nurture kids, to nurture youngsters, bring them through? Um, I run an amateur team as well. You know, we, we're gaining up hours a week and we get absolutely nothing back. And then you look at the Scotland squad and everybody wonders why they're not doing anything. It's because four or five players break through, your Gilmores, your Tierneys, and then the rest get cast aside by the big two or the big three clubs in Scotland. I just feel that there should be more emphasis on academies for like Dumbarton, Greenock, Bank. You know, these teams, you know, are all trying to step up, but it's financial at the end of the day. And if we're going to qualify for these competitions, we need to get serious about it and start backing it. I'm sure that there are a lot of good points in there, what Gary says. And lots of people listening will be, will be nodding along and, and we shared the experience, but we spent 23 years soul searching uh-huh. And analysing Academies and school football And facilities And the weather And the list went on and on And Parliament Parliament got involved And yeah. with all sorts of inquiries We're not at a stage where We can actually just look at If you look after the top level Then that that's what solves the problems You know, We've, got, we've clearly got players there And I know People keep talking about how we got there, but we did get to the Euros. Whether you, you know whether you like the way we got there or not, so I wonder if do we still need to be doing all this soul searching all the time every time Scotland lose a game? I think Gary's gone off message, as it were. No, but it's still valid, though. That's my point. I'm sure loads of people will but, agree, but I, I but wonder how it's linked right now to to Scotland. I mean, making a point there, almost to say that uh, Scottish football does nothing about young players. Well, I mean. Nathan Patterson is a Rangers Academy graduate uh, Kieran Tierney was a Celtic Academy graduate He got the club 25 million uh, You know, Gilmore uh, came through the Rangers Academy um, John McGinn's played in plenty of parks in Clyde Bank in his time uh, It's not as if we are neglectful uh, Money has been pumped in to the development of youth We have to address what we're talking about here We, we had... Uh, uh, Euro 2020 I didn't think it was a good tournament for us I think one goal One point Bottom of the group Is not a great tournament Two games at Hamden Neither one Not a great tournament And now We're addressing The situation of Where where are we going at the moment um, So 
I, I don't think it's about academies and grassroots and all the rest of it. We have good players, but do we have great ones? Do we have enough mm. great ones to to get us out of this World Cup situation that we're in? To be fair to Gary, like I said, Stephen, I think those all are valid. But but right now, I, I wonder if the soul searching can just wait. Slightly in, in the context of the Scotland A squad We've got guys in there That have won the English Premier League In the Champions League Kieran Tierney Won umpteen trophies with Celtic Went for 25 million Won an FA Cup at Arsenal Your brother is in there Scott McTominay plays for Man United Nearly the full team Miller Knight played English Premier League Is this the same as though You know Is this the same as way back in the mid-2000s Where we used to need to have all these discussions all the time? No and I think Hugh's spot on as well If you listen to the tapes Probably a week before the Euros start We'd be patting ourselves in the back about where we've came from. We've got players at Liverpool, at Chelsea, at, at Aston Villa, Celtic Rangers. We've got boy Nathan Patterson. Their bid's rejected, and he can't get into the Rangers team currently. But they're, they're mm-hmm. offering big money, so we didn't have a good Euros, as Hugh says, and that affects the mindset a bit. And we've just gone to a place where Denmark. I, I believe that Denmark team probably beat put England at Euros if the game was at Copenhagen and not in Wembley. That was a right good side we could beat off the other night. So. There has, like we do in this country, there's massive like, panic and hysteria, but I'm not saying it's perfect either, but I'm saying we were patting ourselves out in the back for, for all the, th- the progress we've made two or three months ago. Yeah, I mean, Gary, it's not perfect, obviously. We should have had a better Euros. We'd like to make tournaments regularly, but we don't know if that's going to happen yet. Do, do you think it's... Do we still need to be ripping everything up every time? No, but one thing I never said was we'd done nothing. What I said was the big two or three clubs in Scotland... Cast a net out, bring in, you know, 50, 60 boys. They pick out two or three gems, like the guys you've mentioned. And I totally agree that we've came leaps and bounds. I'm 42. For my day, it's, um, it's great. And, you know, being involved in youth football at the moment and amateur football in the Greater Glasgow League, it's, it's fantastic for me. But I'm just looking at 15 year old, but every Wednesday night we train at the Recce with my amateur team, and you watch youth teams, about 14 year old playing in that big park every Wednesday. The day young boys are 14, 15, they're smaller than us, they're not as physically strong as us, but they're playing on the same park that any of us at 21, 22, 30 would be expected to play on. I'm saying, I'm not saying that we've done nothing, but I'm saying there's got to be something bigger than we take this country's model and then we take that country's model. And for instance, there's, there's countries that there with the same population as us that are doing far, far better with less resources. I, I said at the very start, I don't have the answer, I really don't, but I can see that now that I'm involved in the sort of junior side of it, well, Clybank's a senior club now, but I'm in fact involved with under 20s, and then you go further down, there's definitely a problem between 15 year old and getting to the 20 year old stage where they're expected to play as adults. You know, there's nothing there for them. You know, smaller pitches, smaller goals. As I say, I don't know the answer. I just I can see a problem, and it's not my job to fix it. All I can do is highlight it and maybe hope. You guys give it a voice I don't know Quite right Appreciate it Gary and Clyde Banco 14195 Let's hear a bit more from The manager Stevie Clark He says he is happy With the number of chances They're creating at the moment But believes they need to be More clinical I haven't converted our chances Would be my summation of that one Even the other night You think that Ryan, Ryan Fraser had a f- fantastic chance Ten minutes to go We didn't convert it Might have been interesting If that one had gone in We had lots of chances In the Euros We didn't convert them So Making chances, we we've shown that we can we can create. So when we create them, we have to we have to finish them. So a little bit more clinical would be nice. I think by and large we're pretty comfortable with the ball. The the, the Danes made it awkward for us, and I think people tend to gloss over the fact that the Danes are a really good side, and they made it difficult for us in the first 20 minutes. And we we maybe didn't pass the ball as well as we could, 
later in the game when the game slowed down a little bit and we, we, we found we're level in the game, we passed the ball well. You watch the second half, we passed it well. But the game was gone by then. We have to make sure that we can do that when the game is, is still intense and up for grabs. What did you make of the performance the other night, Stephen, and, and perhaps some of the, the performance issues that people are, are raising with specific regards to, obviously, Stevie Clark's team right now, not the all the kind of historic stuff? Uh, first and foremost, as I said, I thought I think Denmark are a right good side, and for a country of similar size, it's something you obviously aspire to. They, have, they don't have any genuine superstars, I mean, no Christian Eriksen, uh, no Brathwaite, and they're still able to produce a performance like that, and the atmosphere was electric. Where I thought we lost the game is losing the two goals, obviously. I know it's but if we can get in at half time one nil and start to play a bit better as Steve Clark as we did. If if we can keep it one nil for longer when we stay in the game. But losing the losing the two goals in the manner we did and with the, the performance as a whole as the first half, it just felt gone watching the second half. The emotional Investment always fascinates me, Hugh, because see when this draw was made, uh-huh. right? If you had said and whenever it was way back you'd said Denmark are the top seeds We'll go to Copenhagen We've got a few players missing We'll lose 2-0 People would have shrugged their shoulders And said Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we probably will But once it comes around you, you then Life as a football fan Just isn't that simple And you always believe You can do better And you want to do better And the disappointment is The disappointment is huge Yeah Even though we, we were underdogs And it, it's a difficult balance Because you don't you, We shouldn't have a loser's mentality That you're happy to lose 2-0 Far from it But at the same time do we go overboard a little bit at times? To some extent But When we got to Euro 2020 We partied Like it was 1999 Or whatever the song says uh, But You then raised the expectation bar And We didn't Do well In Euro 2020 And people are now judging the team more harshly Before you could get away with saying Oh it's the, over 20 years since we've been anywhere But now we've been somewhere yeah. Not very far, but we've been yeah. somewhere. No, but that's my. I agree, but we've played once since then. You know, so say we fail in this World Cup qualification campaign, and, and then we fail the next time the Euros yeah. comes around. Then you say Euro twenty twenty was a flash in the pan, and we're not doing anything. We've played one game since the Euros, and it was but away to Denmark. On the Steve Clark watch, I think people are now going into the the general picture. Uh, two wins in our last ten: Luxembourg and the Faroes. Uh, we don't score goals uh, That's why If John McGinn can stand up Without medication tomorrow He has to play Because he scores goals uh, You know And we're, we're not Doing it on a regular basis And I go back to Stephen's Statement Statement result Moldova I assume Maybe I'm wrong I assume We will beat Moldova At Hamden In front of A, a sizable crowd But One day We've got to wander into somewhere that we're, we're not expected to win and do it. Absolutely. 01419511025. We'll speak to Tommy in Greenock next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans and Stephen McGinn are here at 01419511025. If you want to talk Scotland, feel free to pick up the phone. If you want to change the subject completely, you are equally welcome. To pick up the phone I did set you that challenge earlier on I thought I'd give you some time to think about it What is the best piece of business done During the summer transfer window I want you to get creative here I'm wanting some A a wide range of suggestions Because it could be keeping hold of someone It could be A signing obviously A new contract Whatever you think What's the best piece of business done During that transfer window And we'll get to that later on Let's bring in Tommy and Greenock 
first though uh, What's your point tonight Tommy? Uh, well, I, I hope I'm wrong about what I'm going to say But I think we will struggle To get a draw tomorrow I watched the Moldova Austria game in Austria are a good team and they struggled to get two goals. They scored up two goals late on in each half. Mm. If we continue uh, playing the football we're playing where we're uh, looking nervous in the ball, a lot of side and backward passes, we don't move it forward fast enough or else we resort to the long ball, which is bread and butter to these teams. I mean, that bad, Tommy. I mean, I get the disappointment the other night, um, but I mean, Moldova, I think 175th in the world. I can't remember. When, when was the last time that we... We did struggle to win a game like this Because I know we're hard on ourselves But we actually tend to deal with these types of fixtures In the group quite well in recent seasons You tell me I think we're that bad We've only raised for game once That's when we play England We can't play England every week Yeah No but that's my point These are not anywhere near as good as England And it, I'm just talking about the last few seasons That you, you might be right And you can come on Monday and, and tell us all how, how right you were But Every time we play The kind of Bottom two seeds In the last few years at hand And we tend to do alright I wonder you know, does losing 2-0 against Denmark does, does being disappointing against the Czech Republic and Croatia Does that mean you're going to struggle to beat Moldova? That's the bit I'm trying to, to understand No, but it, but it counts If you, if you can't beat these teams, there's no point in the mm. tournament If all you can beat is the Faroe Islands, Moldova, Lithuania There's no point in being there mm. I, th- I feel like they're separate points though, Hugh. Yeah, uh, uh, there's one nagging thing in my deepest subconscious, and that is that a Moldovan team made it to the Champions League group stages for the first time in history uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, which has to suggest that Moldovan football can be okay. Um, Tommy sounds like me. That sounds very simplistic, though. I mean, Tommy sounds like me in the sense that he, he's gone too far one way, I think, and we will struggle to get a draw. Did you just acknowledge Hampton. that you do that? Oh yeah, yeah. That's I th- interesting. I, I think you should be honest about yourself. You know, I've, I've got I've got mirrors in the house, you know. Um, but uh, you know, we've had a bad night in Denmark, or we've had a bad forty-five minutes in Denmark, and we've paid the price for it. Uh, even the second half, when Stevie Clark is saying it was much better, we still. One shot at goal You know But that's Denmark Against Moldova at Hamden I have to believe That we will not struggle to get a draw We might not win convincingly But we will win Stephen where I think We we clearly can We can shut the doors If we don't lose against Yeah agree, if, if we don't beat agree Moldova point, Moldova we, at the moment Are sandwiched in between Indonesia and St Lucia And 175th in the world rankings yeah. I know people are disappointed about Denmark But how do we judge at the moment that we're that bad? I agree with his point when he said If we can't beat them we, we don't deserve sure. to beat it Like that's uh, that's obvious But there's a good spirit amongst the boys in, in the squad And it's um, they'll come out with the traps flying tomorrow Like that, that I totally expect And where did the goals come from? There's, there's goals in that team um, Shea Adams was quiet by his standards the other night But even in the Euros I always felt as if he was nearly scoring I think the longer he, he he's in their national team The more chance he's gonna, chances he's going to get And the more prolific he's going to be Tommy, you want to de- defend your point The guys don't believe that we will struggle tomorrow Well I think there's, there's more chance in Moldova Than up the rankings than, than we have I mean, I, I, I just can't see it what I, watched, I mean I went down to We were doing in, for the England Scotland game, and mm-hmm. I thought it was great. And then you come out of there full of enthusiasm, hope, and then we go to the next game and get absolutely pelted. 
It's, it's the same all the time yeah, But, but, but that, that's my point Tommy That there's got to be a scale here Because you're right England was great And then Croatia was disappointed So since England We've lost to Croatia And we've lost to Denmark And you believe that means That we'll struggle to beat Moldova That that seems like a quite an extreme leap Well I'm, I'm saying I was hope, I'm hoping Bob, what I'm saying, But if you look back over the last 10-15 years We've always struggled to beat these teams So we're, we're clearly not improving mm. But I wish they, I wish they could invent another World Cup like we'd have done with this Conference Cup. I mean, we've got three levels of the Europe, the UEFA Championships now, so they should create another World Cup for us, and we could do it at our level. What do you well, identify? The Nations League was part of that, and we benefited from it. But Hugh, the, the problem with this is, is we sometimes present things as fact that simply aren't fact. They're 175th in the world uh-huh. rankings. Tommy says we've always struggled to beat these teams. No, we haven't. Look at when the minnows have been coming to Hamden. In recent years, whether it be Gibraltar uh, and San Marino, I mean, maybe these are these are ranked slightly lower. But unfortunately for Moldova, that, that that's kind of what what we're talking about. We we haven't struggled to beat a team like this in a while. No, no. Uh, Minnows are our favourite type of opposition. Uh, Stevie Clark's had nine wins as Scotland manager. They tend to be against Minnows, Kazakhstan, the Faroes, San Marino, Cyprus twice. Uh, Minnows are good for us. We we have. Problems when we get an upgrade And it's Austria away uh, So I, I really do think Put it this way If we did not get all three points Against Moldova at Hamden tomorrow night I would then concede That we've got a serious problem Yeah I mean Stephen How do we do make that next step Because it has been a long time Since we you know, we were convincing Against anyone above us In the world rankings And you're going to need to do that At some point to start moving up the way Yeah, yeah as I said I mean I think we'll win tomorrow it's how do we go to Austria on Wednesday and in our nearest competitors, the ones that will finish above us and, and cost us a chance to qualify, how do we go there and win? Um, and it is, as the caller said, and where did the goals come from? Someone's going to have to step up, like Ryan Christie did in Serbia and, and get that goal for us. So, um, But it, it is, it's a statement win. We have, to, we have to make it. That's how you qualify. It's how we nearly qualified in a group with France and Italy. We had statement wins. Um that's what you have to do in these qualifiers Because they don't get any easier If, if you don't win those games uh, Tommy You are in pole position You'll be the first caller through on Monday Tommy If this goes wrong You can phone back and tell us all I told you so Well I hope I don't need to call you then Me too Hope I don't hear from you But that was Tommy <laughs> In Green Call 141951 Let's hear from John McGinn He says he's had to fight off Self-isolation cravings To make sure he's in top shape For tomorrow The midfielder says Aston Villa sent him a treadmill To make sure he could stay At peak fitness Maybe three, four years ago I would have been Deliveroo every night um, <laughs> I don't know the order Or you can attendance At the same time But um, You just can't do that These days It's so important Especially when you've Worked so hard over the summer To try and get in good nick um, You can't Afford You just can't afford it You just get left behind So um, I've managed to do what I can uh, it wasn't ideal running on the treadmill but it's it's what you need to do and I think it's a reminder for everyone these days that the virus is still it's still there and we still need to prepare and protect ourselves so it's got me um, thankfully I had no symptoms and, and felt fine but it's a, it's a reminder what we're living through and um, hopefully it'll be the last time for, for a while I can Isolate for 10 days He's not shy in front of the microphone these days Is he? He's doing his bit for one of the country's National drinks at the start <laughs> Bit of sense of humour Then he's going for a, a public health message 
in there as well uh, he's, he's, He doesn't hold back these days He must be paid promotions Because <laughs> I'm not sure he could drink a can of tenants <laughs> What would his delivery choice be If he could let loose? Oh up here A pizza crunching chips Oh is he a pizza crunch man? <laughs> yeah, yeah I can see that can't get them down the road So uh, it's the first thing he gets yeah. When he comes up On a serious note though Hugh um, I think we obviously need players like him Back tomorrow yeah, Without doubt He has to come in There's simply No other Option for Steve Clark, uh, and he will lift those round about him and he'll lift the crowd. Uh, and the crowd are in need of being lifted because it's all gone a bit messy. You know, as I said at the very start, if Ian Maxwell is obliged to come out and defend the extension to Steve Clark's contract mm. one week after Steve Clark signed the extension, what do you make of that? Because you know, there's a lot of People saying that, you know, what a disaster, what a shambles. And I think you guys both agree it's, it's not quite that bad yet. But at the no. same time, has Stevie Clark done a, a, a particularly good job that, w- that would trigger a, a contract extension? I think that the SFB were premature. And I, I have respect for Steve Clark. I, I, he got the job because he was a very good club manager here. Uh, and the SFB felt that he was the choice to make. Um, but now, uh, I think perhaps. It was premature. Uh, give it a little bit of time. See how we do come off the back of Euro 2020. Um, as I say, never mind Denmark. Denmark might even have won Euro 2020 with a little bit of rub of the green. Uh, but we we do have to start improving on our figures generally. Nine wins out of 26. Two in the last 10. That was Luxembourg and the Faroes. Uh, you know, the... We, we have to start the, the big players that we have Have to be even bigger mm, You know yeah. I, I cannot do the nostalgia number And go on about back in the day From 74 to 98 When it was Danny McGrain And Sunis And whoever But We have good players Tierney Robertson Gilmer They have to get mm. Even better Because All three Uh were at fault at various points along the way against Denmark in Copenhagen. We should say that none of this really matters, Stephen, to to the outsider, to the fan, because it's results driven. Every every level of football results driven. That's the main thing. But you will hear that other side to it, that insight, and it, it is a happy squad, isn't it? It's a content squad. It players that all want to be there and, and they're enjoying it, which maybe is, is part of the battle. I get it's not the bit that interests fans, but it's still important. Yeah, I think I think my first reaction when I when I saw that he'd signed a new contract was the SFA are quite clearly, clearly happy with, with what he's doing and how ha- how much of a happy camp it is. And with three big games approaching and the noise, the negative negativity that surrounded the kind of the way the Euros had went and stuff, I think it was a wee bit not a vote of confidence, but uh mm-hmm. we we've got this, we we've got you, and we want you to keep building something. And I do sympathise with one how good Denmark are and two. He didn't play the team he would have picked, set out with the COVID uh, withdrawals, like John uh, losing his two right backs. He he kind of, I think he felt as if he gambled a bit with his team with playing Robertson mm. out there. Uh, let's bring in Colin in Uddingston and get his take on things. Take it away, Colin. Hi guys, hope you're well. Thank you, Colin. Yeah. Uh, it's just really the point, but I don't see Scotland. They've not actually progressed. Like we beat Serbia on penalties, right? It was a great result. But ultimately, it wasn't a good performance. Now, we've got to Euros, and it was actually more difficult not to qualify from that group than it was to qualify. In what way? Well, we'll 
Denmark lost their opening two games and they still reached the last 16. I, I mean, I get percentage wise because a lot of the, the kind of best place thirds went through, but a couple of things, Colin, and I, look, I know this doesn't count for much, but I do feel we need to make sure we're accurate and test a lot of your theories. Do you not think Serbia was a good performance that night? It was a good performance I mean, You said a minute ago it wasn't But it was off to a penalty is it? I get that But you started off by saying That it wasn't a good performance Well It was no, It was a good result But it wasn't a good performance I, d- I, don't, I don't disagree with that I thought we were pretty good that night We eventually Obviously gave away a goal Hugh But for goodness knows how long 80 odd minutes of that game We're very comfortable I think there are two ways Of looking at this uh, We did progress Because uh, From 1998 Until Last season we hadn't been anywhere And then we did go somewhere uh, So we did progress But I think it's also fair to point out John, uh, Stephen refers to it as negativity Surrounding Euro 2020 I think it's realism I think heart and soul went into the game against England But that game was bookended by two Mediocre performances against the Czech Republic mm. But that's what I'm saying I think the choice of language here is important Mediocre Slightly less than that Below average There there are, there are a lot of words Between that and Disaster Or shambles Or embarrassment Or sack Stevie Clark You know that, that no, People are, I, are, are going for I, I, I appreciate that But that is the story Of uh, Scottish football uh, We tend to dramatise Everything is either um, Heroism or tragedy uh, So I expected Steve Clark To come in for a bit of uh, Treatment But his numbers in general are not great And people are entitled to point that out It's not unpatriotic mm-hmm. to point out that We should be doing better than this Yeah, uh, Colin What went wrong the other night And I, I was going to say What do we need to fix for tomorrow But I, I guess it's a bit of a different challenge isn't it? Oh, as I say The first half was Was pretty lame to be honest To a Scotland perspective mm-hmm. But uh, the second half, I think he said we get an extra five yards up the park. I mean, I, I just don't know how that benefits really, but we should really be the the team that Clark's got at his disposal should really be doing better. He's got a lot of good players in there. He's probably he's probably got the choice of a lot of players, really good players that. No many Scotland managers have had in a long time Yeah that, that might be a fair point Stephen That's where the increased expectation comes Because there will have been periods over that 98 to 2020 Where you say look We're just not good enough We just don't have the players But I'm not sure if that excuse stands anymore When you look at the level that some of them are operating at no, on, the other, on the other night I think Steve Clark, If he had the game again He would go with the team he started for the second half I think he'd have Ryan Fraser at wing back, Tierney and Robertson together, and Dykes as a, as a target man. I think that's what he'd do. I think he tried something different with the COVID pullouts and it didn't work. And in the second half, whether Denmark took the foot off the gas, it, it got a bit better. Where I think the noise and the negativity I was referring to is, I think Steve Clark has to win a big game like a Czech Republic, a Denmark, an Austria, and a real. As I, mm. I keep saying the word, but the statement win, they just. Because the players really like them they, they like going away in the trips They feel like they're getting somewhere The SFA feel like they're getting somewhere The quality of the squad is going up But Until we get that win The, the noise is going to get louder and louder 
Uh, Colin, please get in touch next week. Let us know uh, how it all how you think it all pans out. That was Colin in Uddingston. Nice to hear from you. It's a great time to get your call in because we could be speaking to you next. 0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Stephen McGinn and Hugh Evans are in the building. Both want to hear from you on 0141-951-1025. Whether it's on Scotland the other night, Scotland tomorrow. Or your best piece of business in the transfer window I'm giving you quite a while to think about this So I'm expecting some good answers um, On that topic You can tweet us as well At Clyde SSB um, Let's hear one more from John McGinn He says no one's taking Moldova for granted Tomorrow night hopes they can get an early goal To set the tone International football these days What we've learned is it's never it's never easy But in games where we, we expect to win at home Recently we've dealt with them pretty well we've scored early and that's an important thing we need to get an early goal if we can um, but we respect Moldova they, uh, luckily the other night the only good thing about um, not being able to be involved was I did catch bits of Moldova Austria and towards the end they had chances to get a, a point um, they were they were tired towards the end but they were still in the game right to the, the 93rd minute so they're no definitely no mugs and they'll relish the atmosphere at Hamden tomorrow so it's up to us to try and get a, an early goal and uh, and show us, show the supporters what we can do Let's bring in Richard and Steps and see what he's got for us Hi Richard How you going? How you doing mate? Not bad, how are you? Um, I know too bad mate it's Just I hate you come on I listen to you every single night um, You're all great I like you Gordon, Matt Wilson, Hugh You're all, you're all great I but... think there's a butt coming here Richard <laughs> I can't help but thinking there's a butt <laughs> there is a massive butt, mate. A massive. Uh, see when it comes to Scotland, mate, he's a he's a deluded, totally deluded. What? But I, I was excited as you are. I'm 54 year old. I remember Scotland playing the World Cup. He's 74, right through. I've seen it all. I was a young boy. We used to qualify all the time and great times. But like in the back door, European Championship. Mm. It doesn't matter what you want. You can cover up any way you want. Like in the back door. And through pen on pen, and I, I do agree with. I thought Scotland actually played quite all right and deserved to win the game. Mm-hmm. But obviously we lost the last minute goal, and we had to go to penalties. But we get in the back door. The, the in the Euros we were pathetic, absolutely pathetic. Especially with two games at Hamden against England. I think England honestly took it lightly, and that's the reason why. But I thought don't don't. I'm not taking it away for our performance that night. I thought Scotland Scotland were excellent that night, mm-hmm. and we and we deserve to get a draw. But I think that's because England did take the field off the gas. I thought England thought they were just going to roll over the top of us. But you look at the, the nations that were playing, right? Israel are 81st in the world. And, and Steve Clark's had five attempts to beat them, and he's not beaten them once. Not once, in five attempts. It, Wales, a population of three million, and they've already caught, I think they go to the semi finals of the European Championships. They've been further a couple of times more than we've done in our history. We've not qualified any groups in our history. Northern Ireland. Look at Northern Ireland last night. There's, you try to tell me Scotland I went there last night in 1-4-1. But this is, the, this is the thing, Richard, where it comes a bit selective. And I, I apologise if you, if you think that we're deluded. But th- there's a very selective nature to this. You want to use Northern Ireland's performance last night as proof that we are not better than them. But we were at the Euros and they weren't. I'm talking about in their history. But we were at the Euros in the summer and, and they were not But somehow last night's performance Is more important as a an overall basis Of where Northern Ireland are compared to us Have you seen Northern Ireland's form recently by any chance? Recently, but over the, if you want to take it about Over the, about the last what, five years 
Richard, far better scholars as Richard just to address your point about the back door um, The back door is allowable uh, If you think back to the history of the country uh, Scotland versus Wales at Anfield Dodgy penalty for us That got us in through the back door to the World Cup finals So the back door is allowable It 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 can happen at times. You know, the thing I like about the the, the penalties, Hugh. You know, I, I mean, we, we only beat Serbia on penalties, and as if in, in the Israel one, for instance, um, you know, Stevie Clark hasn't beat Israel because it was on penalties. Uh-huh. See if we had lost those penalty shootouts. Do you think we'd get any calls saying oh, we got a good draw that night? But yeah. it's a shame we lost on penalties. But, I, I, I don't think so. Somehow, but, but where I having pulled Richard up about the back door philosophy. Uh, I do agree And I hope Richard's been listening carefully Because I have said Since 6 o'clock tonight That Euro 2020 wasn't good I don't regard that mm. one goal One point In bottom of the group As being good I don't regard that You go as far as to call it pathetic I wouldn't say pathetic But it was disappointing It was underachieving um, And A big disappointment to people Because We'd all got ourselves into a bit of a state over Euro 2020 But it was not a good tournament And now I've not seen anyone who said it was though that, you know, That's the thing about it People keep protesting to, to remind you of how pathetic it was As Richard says When I've, n- I've not seen one person say it was but, a good tournament no, but So as, who are we arguing with? As a part of the whole 26 internationals under Stevie Clark It's part of Stevie Clark's CV We're all looking now and doing the numbers, 26 played, 9-1. And when you look at the teams that he has beaten, you know, there are too many um, Kazakhstans and San Marinos in there, uh, and Cyprus. Uh, Sorry, can I come in there? That's my point, Hugh. Who has he beaten? He's not beaten anybody. He's not beaten anybody of note. And that's why the pressure is on now, uh, Richard, because I do believe we'll beat Moldova. But... If, I don't well, it, well Again You've got Monday night To come back And tell me That I don't know What I'm talking about But for me Austria Is the one Austria in Vienna Now they've got a trip To uh, to Israel tomorrow They're back They're you know, To play us They're apparently Dealing with injury Problems of their own um, We've got to go there And make some sort Of impression On the occasion If we go there And you're turned over then it's only going to increase this scrutiny of Steve Clark and what he's doing. Yeah, I think, I mean, we hadn't qualified for 23 years. And so going, going and getting one goal and one point, if we're looking at a neutrals, if that was a Finland or something, someone that's not qualified for years, ah, but they've not been there for years. At least they got there, they can build on it. I, I don't want to sound as if I'm just glass half full, but. Our group looks totally different if we win tomorrow night and then we go to Vienna and win. That's I keep repeating myself, but that is what that group needs. That group needs a statement win, one that we go. We are really getting somewhere. They can go to Vienna and win. I suppose a big that, game. That, that's that is the problem though, because the word if is doing a lot of heavy lifting there, Richard. And many people listening don't think how winning Austria looks likely at the moment. And is that fair? Yeah, but you can't. We aren't going to. It's not. We're not going to Paris to play France, and, and mm-hmm. it's winnable. Do you know what I mean? We can go there and win. It's, Again, I, I wouldn't say that's deluded. Uh, your callers tonight, uh, first caller, be lucky to get a draw against Moldova. Uh, Richard's not convinced that we can beat Moldova either. So I think we have to get Moldova out of the way, first of all, because that will determine the mindset uh, when the guys get on the plane to go to Vienna. 
if you're on the back of a draw or heaven forbid a defeat it's an entirely different ball game does this mean if we win convincingly on Saturday that Richard is deluded ah he's gone ah. he's hung up He's disappeared Is that Would that be the way it works? Will we phone Richard back on Monday? You see Because like, you, you, you get pulled up For your rotten predictions All yeah, the time yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You can call that my career um, <laughs> But uh, You know Stephen's pointing out That uh, You know the, the, the complexion of the group Two games from now Could be utterly different But in order to alter The complexion of the group We've got to alter mm-hmm. Our you do something that we've not done progress. in a way, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've, got to, we've got to do something that amazes even ourselves. Okay, thank you very much. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's do this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online. The Scottish Sun. uk slash football. Hugh Evans and Stephen McGinn Both ready to play beat the pundit. Stephen, from memory, is very good at beat the pundit. Hugh is. Not so good at beat the pundit, but well, you... let's be honest, pathetic is the word. Ah, no, see, no, I would, that's the thing. I wouldn't go that far. I, I believe would. language is important. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. You've got until seven o'clock, so be quick. Your chance to beat the pundit is next, and I'm still looking for your best piece of business done during that transfer window. Tackle the headlines. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans and Stephen McGinn have just been Let me know during the break who they're going to pick For their best piece of business done During the transfer window So I want to know what you come up with And we'll do. there'll be plenty of time for more Scotland morning I'm sure we'll do that between now and 8 o'clock But get your calls in on the transfer window business After we do this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football It is Beat the Pundit time The final one of the week I'm just thinking Stephen McGinn You've been on a good few times now You, you come and go every now and then Have you ever lost at Beat the Pundit? Uh, no, that's weird I didn't think so <laughs> I'm not going to ask you <laughs> I don't know what you're looking at me like that for uh, James is in Knightswood How's it going James? Yeah, not bad, are you? Not bad, thank you I feel like there is a real local feel to the show tonight See when the guy from Clyde Bank was on Banging on about all the local football pitches And you knew what he was talking about, Stephen McGinn You knew what he was talking about, Hugh Keevans yeah. James is just along the road as well yeah. Keeping the circle tight tonight However, that's because after last night What about your man from Germany? Well, first of all, I'd like to say that Alexander from Germany spoke better English than the Dazzler or Mark Wilson <laughs> <laughs> Guy from Alexander phones in last night from Germany German accent Lived in Germany Born in Germany But supports Scotland Because his dad was Scottish From and, Springbok And waxed lyrical about You know Where Scotland are going wrong And obviously it was good Anyway James How's it going Are you, are you confident tonight? More confident if you play Hugh I would imagine Ach, I'm just happy to be here But I'd prefer to play Hugh That's the spirit <laughs> well, I, I like that a guy who's undefeated I like, Andy I like the spirit Right okay We'll toss the coin Heads it will be Hugh Tails it will be Stephen McGinn You've got your wish, it's heads It's oh. Hugh Up against James in Knightswood So we will give Hugh some Clyde 2 to listen to And we'll get your clock up and running James, you know the drill 30 seconds Answer as many questions right as you can But if you don't know You can feel free to pass, okay? Excellent Let's go, 30 seconds Starting now Which Italian team did Rangers beat In the 2008 UEFA Cup semi-final? Fiorentina. Which side did Henrik Larsson join Immediately after leaving Celtic? Manchester United Michael McKenna is the current top scorer of which Scottish league? 
League One Which side did John McGinn play more league games for Hibs or St Mirren? St Mirren Which Scottish top flight team did Dylan Tate sign with during the transfer window? Pass Name any scorer for England last night in the 4-0 win against Hungary Okay, let's bring Hugh Keevans back Hugh, can you hear us? I can Some sneaky ones in there That's all I'm going to say You ready? grandchildren have started to say to me You're not going to beat the pundit (laughs) Here we go Which Italian team did Rangers beat in their 2008 UEFA Cup semi-final? Uh, Fiorentina Which side did Henrik Larsson join immediately after leaving Celtic? Um, Barcelona Michael McKenna is currently the top scorer in which Scottish league? League 2 which side did John McGinn play more games for, Hibs or St Mirren? Hibs. Which Scottish top flight team did Dylan Tate sign with during the transfer window? Um, Motherwell. Name any scorer for England last night in their 4 0 win against Hungary. Harry Kane. Okay. What's the verdict, James? I just got battered by Hugh Keevans. Do you think so? Aye. <laughs> okay, well, let's find out then. Let's find out. Which Italian team did Rangers beat in the 2008? UEFA Cup semi-final it was Fiorentina um, You both got that Does that not count as a win Because it was on penalties Because that's the way it works now When we're talking about Scotland apparently So uh, Fiorentina you both got it Well done Which side did Henrik Larsson join Immediately after leaving Celtic James I think what we're going to find here Is see the ones you got wrong I, I've got a degree of sympathy with you I mean Man United was close But not, not right ultimately It was Barcelona So Hugo's 2-1 in front Michael McKenna is the top scorer in which Scottish league? You were both wrong, Stephen. The Championship. The Championship are both. Five goals already. Um, which side did John McGinn play more league games for? Hibs or St Mirren? Again, James, 50-50 shout and you you went for the wrong one. Um, would, you, would you have got that, Stephen? No, I don't guess. Yeah? I mean, oh, Hibs. It was Hibs, but 101-87. to 87. Mm. So pretty close, yeah, I think that's quite tough. Um, Hugo's 3-1 in front. And this is where producer Callum's been sneaky We don't see this very often oh. Which Scottish top flight team did Dylan Tate sign for? Hibs Hibs The answer to two questions in a row Deliberate, oh. sneaky or accidental? Oh a mistake he says He's sorry He should have just styled it out and said he meant it As a wee mind game um, Hugh Keevan still 3-1 in front You both knew that Harry Kane scored for England Along with Harry Maguire, Raheem Sterling and Declan Rice So James you got two on the board You, were, you hit the post a couple of times but Hugh Keevans is yet again pointing to the imaginary name on the back of his cardigan and he has won by four goals to two. Hard lines. Uh, no worries. Good man. That was James and Knightswood. It's another victory, Hugh. They all count. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And Black Arthur, our resident stato, has been on as well because you needed that. See oh. if you think Stevie Clark needed a win. Going into tonight, you were bottom of the table. Uh, who's bottom now? Um, uh, I'm... My arithmetic's not great I'm trying to figure out If that's going to be enough To lift you So you were bottom On 20 per, a 20% win rate <laughs> One out of five Your your Monday night colleague Alex Ray is just above you And do you know what I like About Black Arthur He's always evolving He's, he's looking to add To his game every year So on this year's spreadsheet He's got the punters In there as well As a ah. you know as a collective So the punters At the moment Are winning 37.9% Of the games And then up the top We've got you know that way they say it's too early to look at the league table? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's true. I mean, Roger Hanna, Tony Watt, Andy Halliday on 100%, but they've only played like one and two games. Your your early contender's got to be Wilson. Played 5-1-5. Five, five. I might be a slow burn. Maybe. You know, I mean, it's a marathon, not a sprint, yeah, all those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, I don't believe it though. Right, 01419511025. What's the best piece of business done during that transfer window? Come on here, stick your neck on the line, predict it, tweet me it, 
Screenshot it And then when it comes to me You can say See I can spot a player And I knew That was going to turn out that way um, Any Guesses for you? I, you might as well Add another bad prediction To the yeah, list Yeah 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 I'm loving the city of Edinburgh Being back on the map I'm loving Hearts and Hibs Being undefeated Since the season started mm-hmm. I'm loving the Edinburgh Derby uh, Next week uh, And therefore To keep Nisbet and Boyle At Easter Road I think Is very good for Jack Ross Okay, I like your thinking there Because it's easy to go for a signing Which is fine But keeping Boyle in this bit You think is the best piece of business uh, During the window Stephen? I was trying to think outside the box I'd probably go for Charlie McGrew Just the influence And what he's brought to that Dundee United team Because A lot of people are tipping him to, be, to, to struggle And the games I've seen The highlights I've seen He's looked a, a huge influence in that side I think I told everyone in January That it was Motherwell signing Liam Kelly And no one listened So I just need to bear that one in mind As we head into a new season What's inside the box then? Because I appreciate you've both You know, um, had a good think about that What's Furu, the what Furu, Furu, Furu Hashi, okay, go, goes the first The first thing that comes down to your head Rangers probably keeping Because um, mm. I, I felt Having gone out the Champions League That at least one of their big hitters It looked like Barisic was going um, so not losing any of their title winning teams uh, Quite big Funnily enough I think Brian is going to make a similar point So we won't steal your thunder any further Brian what's the best piece of business done during the window? Hi panel how are we doing? Good thank you Right uh, As a Rangers fan Rangers keeping their, their best players uh, You know for me In that particular point uh, And Stephen's spot on there when we did uh, get out of the Champions League, very disappointing. Uh, it looked as if at least one of the players would be sold. But this particular season is different than any other because Rangers have decided to speculate, keep their best players and help them to win the title, which gets you straight into the Champions League uh, next season. So uh, I'm delighted about that. I know we're not certain to, to win the league, but in my mm. Opinion, our squad all get us to that ultimate goal. If I was, t- you're right, Brian, because it's clearly as a collective keeping them all um, is what's given you the confidence. Was there was there one in particular that you felt Rangers really had to keep a hold of out of that group? Eh, uh, Morelos. Hey, I was on the show on Sunday, and uh, what prompted me to phone it was not Rangers winning; it was uh, the panel. Stating that uh, none of the front three of Rangers or Celtic played well, and for me, Morelos was absolutely key to Rangers uh, winning that game, especially the second half. His, his ability to keep the ball and bring other players and get us up the pitch, which is the new uh, slogan. He was getting us up the pitch, and they uh, probably him. Were you always confident, or, or, or I'll flip that around a bit, were you? Were you worried at any point, Brian, or did you resign yourself to the fact that after Champions League, you, you too thought that someone would perhaps go? There was a lot said about Barisic's reaction after the Celtic game, but obviously ended up not coming to anything. I wasn't at the game on Sunday, I was at the television, but the corner that won the, that eventually won the game, uh, Barisic was rousing the crowd. I just felt, if you look at Borner's. Uh, Career at Rangers, he's been written off and then loaded and then written off and then loaded and then written off. Uh, and I just think there was a lot of emotion at play. Of course, it may have been his last game on Sunday, but as it turned out, he's still there, and I'm, I'm absolutely delighted about that. Yeah, the, the, 
the way that this impacts the title race, Stephen, because usually with success comes that. If you look at before Rangers' period of success, it was obviously Celtic's turn. But with that came attention. Moussa Dembele left and Kieran Tierney left and Stuart Armstrong left. And before long, the squad actually was very different. You, you, you forget that. People used to phone the show last season and say, you know, we were quadruple treble winners. But, but actually, if you look at the key guys that left over that period, Sinclair went and Lustig went and Boyata went. So for Rangers to keep every single person from last season, does that almost... I was going to say give you no excuse, but you know you don't you don't have that rebuild. It's just a case of can you get the same level out of those guys? Because if you do, then you'd imagine it's enough. Yeah, I think uh, I think I think if you'd said to anyone from Rangers, would would that be the case going into the window? They'd probably have said no. I think they would have expected bids or maybe lose one or two. Um, and I think if you offered them it as opposed to a couple of signings, they'd probably have taken it the way it's worked out. Um, because. Part of the criticism of Celtic over the years in the qualifiers was not building on title-winning teams, losing someone or someone not playing in one of these qualifiers and having quite a disrupted team. So that was always the thing probably lacking from Celtic. So Rangers have been able to have a settled team, a settled way of playing. It must be a huge advantage for uh, Steven Gerrard. And Hugh, the, that, it's that carrot that's changed everything, doesn't it? Because it, it is the Champions League yeah. now. You know both scenarios I'm not exposing anything That people haven't thought of before But naturally If if it doesn't go right And Rangers don't win the title And they don't have that Automatic Champions League Then the decision to not sell India Looks foolish But that's uh-huh. that's what football is You have to try and And take calculated risks and, and look at Well I think we are in a good position To win the title And therefore we get that money And then you're in a strong a stronger financial position anyway you, you, would say, you would say that's the beauty of football though In terms of like In hindsight I mean Last year Anyone would have said keeping it odds on Edward was brilliant business. Mm. As it turns out, yeah, good point. Not selling Ed, uh, Edward and signing Ivan Tony looked like it looks like bad business. So uh-huh. that is the beauty of football. I mean, hindsight is a wonderful yeah, thing. True, you, very true. You have the fascination of Rangers with a squad that was good enough to win the title by twenty five points last season, uh, still intact, and having been added to by players like Fashion Sakala. Uh, Against a Celtic side who now have to absorb uh, Yota into the side, uh, a, a, a centre forward who's done very well in Holland, he now has to come into the side. Where does he play beside Furuhashi? Or does Furuhashi play instead of him? Or how does it all work out for Celtic? Uh, uh, they, they got a defender in, which I think was very, very important because. I go back to the goal that lost the game against Rangers it's bread and butter stuff and Celtic aren't handling it well so a a big defender in uh, from Tottenham and we'll see how Cameron Vickers does and Brian the the additions that were brought in by Rangers were so quick aren't we to to kind of write people off people have already assumed that you know Lundstrom won't really add you know isn't better than what's already there and Sakala and Janino Bakuna but in, in time does this take the pressure off them a little bit Because there's already that settled team and, and they can find their feet a little bit And then we can make a, a better call On whether they have enhanced the squad or not Yeah, That's a fair point uh, But I think the pressure at Rangers comes With being in the club uh, Those players Well Lundstrom's the only one that's actually played NSL entry matches So he's not settled in yet But I thought when he came on the second half against Celtic I thought he contributed 
Can I say one other thing? Just a just a small point. Make it quick. Make it quick. Uh, Go on. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make it really quick. Uh, Billy Gilmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy uh, was linked to Rangers in the summer. Now Chelsea decided they wanted him to go in a Premier League club, which you know it's logical. They want him to play as high a level as possible. But he's went to the wrong club. He's went to a club that's going to be back to the wall and are going to be really trying to dig themselves out of, out of trouble. They're going to be involved in the relegation era. Mm. And I, I don't think that'll suit Billy Gilmer at all. I think he's the kind of player for proper uh, direction. You know, in his career, he has to be on the ball a lot. And uh, I, I just think Chelsea are certain to the wrong club. No offence to Norwich, of no, course. No, it's, it's an interesting theory. The only thing, Stephen, because Brian might be right, Norwich may well be down there, but I thought it looked like Chelsea had handpicked it because of the way Norwich play. Now, I know it might not be successful, but at least he, he will get on the ball and it, it won't be fired over his head every two minutes. Yeah, I agree exactly with his point. I think uh, for Billy Gilmore, Rangers would have been a better move in terms of suiting his game and having a lot of the ball and dictating play. But my, my, my point of view is I think Chelsea know he can do that. And they want to put him into the Premier League with a team. Maybe it's not doing well. And can he handle the physicality? And can he do all the other bits that will set will put him to the next level where he's challenging to be a regular at, at Chelsea? I, I don't know what you what Chelsea get out of uh, having Billy Gilmore going to play Livingston away. Uh, you know, and St Mirren and Dundee. Uh, yeah, I'm a bit torn on this because I would always champion our league, and I, I much prefer it in pretty much every way. But but a season of going up against. De Bruyne and Fernandez yeah. and Pogba and whatever And if if there is a lot of adversity And it is as Brian suggests Back to the wall Then you're supposed to find out about people in adversity uh, So You know He has to knuckle down I do believe that England's Premier League Is where he has to be To prepare himself for Chelsea Not Scotland's Premiership Okay thank you to Brian It's 01419511025 Let's bring in Kenny Who's got some suggestions for Best bits of business done During the transfer window Kenny What do you think? Uh, Evening guys Uh, Well Listen You you can mark the colour of my team But Absolutely uh, Unfortunately for Mr McGinn uh, No I'm, I, I like the signings of uh, uh, Ben Woodburn and young Benny Benign for Everton, Liverpool. Uh, but who I think the young boy Cochrane for Brighton, your your uh, yeah. your fancy. Uh, he's he's actually playing with his skin now. But I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to the is it Cameron Devlin, the, the Australian mm-hmm. boy. Yeah, uh-huh. and we've just I think Hearts have just confirmed that we've signed Barry Mackay. Well, uh, I don't I don't think that has been confirmed as far as I can see. Um, but I obviously I've seen the. Speculation. I think it may have started right here on Wednesday night when someone called and Andy Halliday mentioned that he'd been trying to convince Harps. Oh. I think that maybe is partly where it started here. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kenny, what a week for Kenny and the other Harps fans. The club is now the fans' property, 75% ownership of the club. Uh, great week for Harps. But as you heard me say earlier on, Kenny, I'm loving Edinburgh being back on the map. I'm loving the fact that when you play Hibs a week on Sunday, uh, it's a top of the table clash, and you've both signed good players. And uh, you know, I think that Hibs and Hearts can sustain a good run. Uh, I, I just like everything about the place at the moment, Kenny, and, and particularly again, uh, it's a wonderful, heartwarming—no pun intended—story that a club that was very nearly out of business 
is now 75% fan owned and you deserve it because of the money that's been pumped into that club by the foundation of hearts This name's now come up a couple of times Because Christopher tweeted me Stephen to say he thinks Ben Woodburn for hearts will light the league up This boy's a real talent Certainly has got a good pedigree if you like And was is highly thought of at his parent club Yeah, um, I think I think they'd been quite slow in doing, doing some business And then quite a lot happened at once I thought, um, don't know the name off the top of my head I thought the centre mid did Beningamy. well Yeah, I thought he did well against Celtic Apart from that I haven't seen much of hearts But I think being back in the league suits some of the Hearts players more than actually being in the Championship. Your boy sees Mackay Stevens, and I think they're flourishing with being back in the league and had that renewed, um, especially I feel Tynecastle. I think that's that's kicked them on an extra wee bit mm-hmm. as well. Um, loads actually. You know, I was thinking about it. You know, they won't all work out, and there's bound to be some big flops in there as well for sure. Um, but towards the end, Longstaff and Matty Longstaff, David Bates to Aberdeen. On paper, they look like good signings as well, don't they? Yeah, um, Aberdeen, and especially I thought Scott Brown early doors. Like he looked, he looks like a new player. He looks as if he wants to go and prove to everyone that he can still go. So him and Ferguson's a pretty good midfield, and you add long staff into that. You're thinking mm. it's quite quite the midfield on paper, anyway. Maybe I've been unfair, Hugh, because I've asked the question now. People have disregarded the deals from the start of the window. So to be uh-huh. fair, Stephen uh, went back as far as Charlie Mulgrew, which was yeah. an early one. Maybe Scott Brown will turn out to be one of the pieces of business Although Aberdeen need to get their act together again uh, They've had a funny run uh, Wraith Rovers knocking about the Premier Sports Cup uh, they, they, they got very lucky to get three points against Livingston Because the Livingston goalkeeper had a nightmare right at the end of the match uh, They are very lucky again last weekend Out of jail against Ross County with two minutes to spare They got a draw uh, Very poor in Europe so they're having a, 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 an unsatisfactory run at it throughout the month of August. We'll see how September treats them. It kind of been it was taking along quite nice, and then they made changes against Rafe Rovers and ended up getting beat. And it kind of the wheels came off a wee bit from then. Mm. And sometimes shows you that sometimes the next games are just the most important. Play your best team, win the game, and just keep ticking along. Absolutely. Thank you, Kenny. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Loads of time left to tell us the best piece of business during the transfer window. Loads of time left to reflect on Scotland's performance the other night and look ahead to the Moldova game. And as if that's not enough, we're going to give tickets away to an SPFL match next. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans and Stephen McGinn are here. It's 0141-951-1025 to get your calls in. You can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB. So keep your thoughts coming in Scotland, your suggestions for the best piece of business done during the transfer window, and anything else you think we've missed. Get your calls in Let's do this first though Win your way to live football With Glenn's Vodka Official spirit partner of the SPFL Please drink responsibly This has been my highlight of the night Every night this week Hugh Keevans I'm absolutely loving giving the tickets away Because I think everyone would accept And Stephen will know fine well The difference it's made Getting fans back into the grounds Yeah It's been, uh, been some difference So every night this week We've been giving you the chance To win your way back to live Scottish football Thanks to Glenn's Vodka The official spirit partner of the SPFL We're even throwing in £100 cash To spend as well It's really simple We give you clues to a player Who's played in the top flight This season The two callers join us on air And they buzz in when they think They know who the player is It is that simple The winner gets the tickets Plus the £100 cash So let's find out who's playing tonight Line A we have Peter Who's a St Mirren fan 
from Paisley. How's it going, Peter? Not too bad at all I know you had to register online previously But if you hadn't I'm sure you'd have been desperate To get on and speak to him again tonight If you, if it hadn't been pre-planned uh, Martin is a Celtic fan from Ardrossan How's it going Martin? All good, thanks Good stuff I'm a, I'm a, Peter's line's a little bit ropey Producer Callum I hope we can hear him Peter, can you hear me alright? I can hear you, yeah. I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be fine. Here's the way it's going to work, guys. I am going to give you clues. If you know who the player is from the clues, you must buzz in with your name. Shout out your name, okay? Do not shout out the name of the player because I can't accept that if you do. And if you buzz in and get it wrong, the other caller gets all five clues before they answer. Did that happen last night? It did. And it's so easy if that happens. So use your buzzer wisely. Is that clear, both of you? Yes. Yep. Good stuff Let's go then For clue number one Clue number one I started my youth football career With Dundee United I will be amazed If anyone wants to buzz in on that I'll move on Number two I share a surname With one of England's Most capped players Okay I thought someone might have had a nibble on that one But you don't want to get it wrong I understand Clue three I've won Scottish League One With Dunfermline And I've also played With Queen's Park And York City Nothing yet Just out of curiosity Do not shout it out Steve McGinn Have you not got it yet? No No I thought you would I'm not I'm not asking you Don't be ridiculous Number four I think this could be the one I scored In the finals Of both The Scottish Cup And the League Cup Last season Peter Go on then Peter Take it away uh, Glenn uh, Middleton Oh it's not Glenn Middleton Oh dear me This means Martin This is where it could get Ridiculous If you don't get this I don't really know what we do From there Producer Callum I need to flip a coin Clue 5 Martin Is My name rhymes <laughs> Why do you do this to me My name rhymes with Prawn Looney Martin You get any idea? Uh, this would be embarrassing if I never got it Is it Rooney? It is, it's Sean Rooney Well done to you Martin Sean. You've won the two tickets to see any SPFL team of your choice Plus the £100 cash to see you through the match day experience I take it it will be Celtic tickets for you Martin? Yeah maybe run about Christmas time if possible I like a wee Christmas game, that'd be great oh, I see you can get it planned out Brilliant, that's all thanks to Glenn's The official spirit partner of the SPFL Please drink responsibly Peter, you went for it You went in early and it wasn't to be Hardlines Thanks, thanks for the opportunity, thank you oh, They all sound so deflated when they lose It breaks my heart, Hugh Keevans You got it, after the fourth clue you wrote it down I wrote it down before Stephen McGinn I wish this placed on record <laughs> <laughs> Was it the prawn loony that gave it away? No, it was the goals Honestly. In, in the, the cup competition Prawn loony Middleton, what he scored in the uh, semi one, one, Mid- Just one of the semis though, wasn't it? Mid-in. So I mean, Peter was He was on the right Track, but not close enough. There we what go. Is it they call him the Bells Hill Cafu. That's the one. Yeah. Remember the night after the final? Oh, I'll never forget it. He came on this show, Stephen, but he phoned us. Right. Right. So naturally, if someone scores in a cup final, we would we would perhaps get in touch with them and say, "Do you want to come on the show?" But we didn't. I had already arranged. I think Xander Clark came on the show, but Hugh had said something on Twitter about he'd love to speak to Sean Rooney. He phoned us, and we thought it was a wind up. The producer was like, "That Sean Rooney." And he, Yeah we were just surprised We thought it was somebody having us on But needless to say he came on the phone So oh. It's a weird old season so far Or last season I should say it's a, it's a shame for St Johnson But 
So the way of football life, you know, Ali McCann gone, Jason Kerr gone, the two two of the heroes of two cup final wins last season. Is it a testament to how well St Johnson have done? I can't remember a reaction to St Johnson's transfer window business like this, and no disrespect to them, but I, I genuinely don't think I ever remember people getting in touch with this show to talk about St Johnson's business in the window. I think again, I mean, it's a testament to how well Callum Davidson's done as well because he's went in and not only he's made the team better, but he's um, improved the players. He's mm. sold two players in a window, one that's contracts running out at the end of the season. So, um, are, you su- but- are you surprised nobody took a bite at Ali McCann, a Scottish club? Uh, yeah, I'm actually at the price he went for. Mm. I'm that's the key, isn't it? Because it's easy to assume, well, everyone would know how good a player he is, but when you see what the price was, that's when you think, yeah, that. that that's I, th- I think he's been. E- I think he's been excellent for a long time, and oh. and and for the big two, I don't think that's a, a big gamble for the price he went for. Yeah. Okay. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five on the phones. Let's bring in George and Dennison. Hi, George. How you doing? Not bad. How are you? More importantly. Fine. Good. Uh, hello, best of the panel. Hi there. Um, I just can't believe in negativity. Um, we've just been beat 2 0 by a team that nearly got to the finals of the Euros. Right? Now, the Mora will beat Moldova with about three or four goals. See if they scored early, we'll beat them convincingly. I watched the Austria game and see the earlier call that said that um, they played well against Austria. Austria had 17 shots at goal, made five, right? They parked the bus basically. And Austria with their away team and totally dominated the game, albeit they get two late goals, which they, they deserve. Um, so I don't see what other can have. And I, I'm, I'm not a Steve Clark fan, by the way, right? But I agreed with what he said tonight. See, we just get better finishing. We're going to put these these games to bed. Do you know what I mean? The games that we should be winning. Yeah, it would be nice and, if we developed a, a proper clinical edge, Stephen. That people keep referring to the Euros as. Disastrous and embarrassing and pathetic and It wasn't good I think everyone would agree with that If we'd taken our chances against the Czech Republic everyone, Those words just simply wouldn't be used and The other night we were miles off at first half Absolutely battered Second we were a bit better And we still carved out a really good chance Can Ryan Fraser just take that and maybe yeah. things that And I know that's a big if I know that's the way football works But it's still worth acknowledging at some point Yeah, I was at the Czech game And it really felt like Scotland were building momentum And you're thinking... We're going to score here And then the next minute He scores from the halfway line So yeah. If that game had been The way the game was the other night We're, we're camped in At your home, at Hamden To Czech Republic And you're thinking we, We've got no hope here But it, I'm not saying we're just about to turn the corner But it doesn't feel like we're millions of miles away hmm. In terms of The Moldovans Played four One point from twelve They've lost fifteen goals In those four games And they've only scored two so again Sometimes you just look at a league table That's a mini league table And you, you just have to say to yourself Come on 15 goals lost 2 scored 1 point out of 12 We're at home against them It has to be a win What these fixtures can sometimes do though Is add that, that unique pressure Where it needs to be convincing Or none of this stuff Will go away You remember sure. the Alex McLeish era Was the Defeat in Kazakhstan yep. And I think we then Went to San Marino And won 2-0 And nobody cared Everybody said Only 2-0 Against uh-huh. San Marino So that That's the danger as well Whether that's fair or not That's the reality And it probably To lift any Of the Perceived 
pressure or criticism uh-huh. it's going to need to be convincing you'd imagine and even yeah. at that that still won't be enough for I, people I don't I don't I think if we win 5-0 and we lose in Austria the criticism going to come mm. I just we, mean for this no I mean specifically yeah, tomorrow night yeah but if we nick a goal in the last minute there might be criticism comes the next day saying oh we're in trouble if we win in Austria nobody ever remembers the game yeah. the, the Moldova game. everything rests on winning tomorrow night no matter how and then going to Austria and managing to win what makes you think then, George? Because you've heard all the reasons against it that you know how bad we've been. There's been a lot of negativity on the phones. What makes you think it's it's not quite as bad as people are saying? Well, I, I just think we're going to make a good team. It's, it's all young players, right? That was the first tournament in the Euros, right? So they might have been a bit overawed with the whole situation of three games, especially being at home. We played England, played a good game, and all that. So I still got a buzz out of them, watching them playing in the, the Euros. What I could, what I must say as well is, but. See the best striker in Scotland and he's not available, it's Lee Griffiths and I'm not a fan of his either, right? But football-wise, he's the best Scottish striker before it and it's just unfortunate he's no fat because see if he was in that team with the boy, what's his name, Shea... Adams. Shea Adams. See they two up front, they would put the ball in the net. The passage of time, Hugh, means that there was a time when this was a really good discussion. Lee yeah. Griffiths is so far out the picture that it's, yeah. it's not really worth discussing anymore. I don't mean that disrespectfully to George. Lee Griffiths has had his off-field issues as well. Uh-huh. He's now gone on loan to Dundee. We're a good way off worrying about Lee Griffiths for Scotland. Yeah, yeah of course we are. Yeah, he hasn't been relevant as a top player for over a year since he came back at the start of uh, last season, overweight, unfit, and out of the picture. And even his figures uh, in the season before that were not great. So everyone goes back to the two goals against uh, England at Hamden, the two free kicks, etc., etc. Uh, it's a long time ago since that happened. He he is not in the international equation anymore. Yeah, the one that frustrates me, the striker slash winger in the league isn't isn't Lee Griffiths. It's Martin Boyle. Uh, Scored for Australia born last and night. raised Aberdonian. Can't stop scoring. Should be playing for Scotland. Uh, that that's that's more of a frustrating one mm. for me at the minute than uh, Lee Griffiths. Do you have any sympathy for bec- the way that panned out time wise? Because I, I, it, a few years ago, I'm not sure many people would have agreed and said, "Oh, we need to get this guy in the Scotland squad." Maybe people who'd seen him close, but now he's at the absolute peak of his powers. And I, again, you mentioned hindsight earlier. I'm I'm, I'm not really saying. At the time he chose to play for Australia He had to play for Scotland mm-hmm. I just mean Now Now with the form he's in And you think he's born in Aberdeen His whole family's from Aberdeen Yeah he scored for Australia against China last yeah. night I think it was um, Mind you the Australians might be saying Lyndon Dykes <laughs> Yeah Very true Very true uh, George John McGinn is back available You don't have to bum him up Just because his brother's in the studio um, We've got Right back options At least this time With Patterson And O'Donnell um, Kevin Nisbet even is in there as well Is it what in particular do you want to see tomorrow? You don't have to name a full eleven, but just you know, is there anything you think is is key to us getting a convincing one? No, it's good. McGinn's coming back. Um, him, Billy Gilmore, and McGregor were absolutely outstanding against England. I mean, Billy Gilmore never lost a ball man, so I'm quite happy McGinn's back. Um, so no, I can't even think of the team to play. Just the, just the usual team um, with McGinn back, um, and I think will be. Merlin capable of taking four goals at Moldova. Is it the Austria game? Different kettle of fish, but I watched them. They're not that great. They play this kind of similar to Denmark, but obviously no as good, right? But um, if we go at them, I think we could get a result out there. We could easily beat them. So I'm confident. I'm not worrying about that. 
the more as I say, three or four one. We'll don't mind even score, but they might make a goal. But we'll win. Twenty to eight, and you're the first Conference Scotland fan, George. I'm delighted to hear from you. That was George. And Denison, I'll give you another chance to come clean. You're still claiming you don't know the Scotland team for tomorrow? Yeah, I don't know. No. Definitely not? Definitely Go on then, pick us one. Then what? Is it a case of, because it's Moldova, you, you go that bit more attacking? Well, I think what Dice do you think the team will look in. like? I think Dykes will come back in. I think John will come back in. Um, I felt, although all three are good players, um, Kenny McLean, Cal McGregor, Billy Gilmer, they're all quite similar. I think you'll, you'll want to get John um, getting in behind the front two. And I think... With the amount of ball we'll, we'll, He'll want the two strikers I think we'll have A natural right wing back Playing I think whether he goes With O'Donnell or Patterson If both and of them One of them Can you afford to go Ryan Fraser though Given how We should be in the front foot Poten- p- Potentially um, Potentially could if, he, if he's happy with It probably depends On the makeup. I mean I think he'll want to As much as he win The game He'll want to have a feel For his team for Austria I don't think Ryan Fraser will play wing back in Austria. I think it'll be Patterson True. or Adorno. So I think he'll want to give game time to one of them. And the team will it will be it'll resemble more of the Euro team, I think, tomorrow night. All of the fan talk uh on this programme, uh in newspapers, uh will not have escaped Steve Clark's attention. That there are switched on people at the SFA who uh, bring him up to speed with everything. Doesn't strike you as the type that would care too much though. No, 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 but I, I think in terms of the game against Moldova tomorrow night Front foot from the first minute Get the crowd on your side Get mm. the early goal Build on that uh, And don't allow yeah. the crowd to get anxious and negative um, I mean on one hand Stephen I think we all know We've all watched football You can tell Billy Gilmore's a player But from speaking to John And maybe some of the guys in this well, were they, I assume, very impressed with the way he managed to come in at the Euros And are we now at a stage where he's kind of trying to nail down that midfield slot for the next, I don't know, 10 years or so? Yeah, but um, the one thing I would say is, uh, yeah, he's, he was really impressed with him Says so he's a big talent, uh, good boy, uh, came into the group, really, really impressed, worked hard, nice boy um, But it's a really competitive area yeah. because John comes back into reckoning We've not got Scott McTominay at the minute um, or Stuart Armstrong Or Stuart Armstrong So it is a really competitive area So Whoever misses out tomorrow night Is going to be a good player I And mean, we still got Ryan Christie in the bench So uh, It is a really competitive area And I would say that is that, That's sort of thing That gets me positive We, we have got mm-hmm. good players That aren't Going to be in the 11 It's interesting what you said About thinking about Austria Because I wonder If this was the last game Of the The sequence if you like I wonder if Would you You know You're going for a, a David Turnbull Or something You know because you really should be in the front foot You're at hand and you're against Moldova But you think it's the Austria game if anything That, that makes that less likely Yeah 100% Especially with the nature of um, O'Donnell and Patterson Missing through, through Covid I think you want Whoever he goes with in Austria I think you want to at least get minutes in mm-hmm. Even if it's just 60 And then you can go at more attacking Hopefully with the game won But I think you'll be looking with that game in mind 0141 It's a good time to call You could be up next Number one for football in Glasgow and the West 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Stephen McGinn and Hugh Keevans It's 0141-951-1025 Let's bring in Kevin Who's a Rangers fan in Stockholm Don't hear from Stockholm too often It's great to have you Kevin What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I've got a couple of points. Uh, starting with the transfer window uh, to 
put it into three categories. I think the best signing so far during the window is in Scottish football, of course, would be Kyogo. Okay. He's hit the ground running and he seems like a really good player. The best sale would have to be Edward. I mean, how they get £15 million for him, uh, I, I really don't know. But very good sale. Uh, for me, the best thing about the transfer window, without a doubt, is Rangers not having to sell any of their main assets, uh, given they lost to Malmo in the Champions League. Uh, that's, that's that, but... Mm-hmm. Okay, let's deal with them because I like I like your attention to detail, Kevin. You can come back, given us the, the breakdown. Rangers calculated risk. The risk being that if you don't win the league mm. and you don't get the Champions League money, then you've got yourself a wee financial problem. Uh, however, um, you have the squad that won the league by the length of Sucky Hall Street last season and you've added to it and Celtic have to find out if they can assimilate several players at the same time and turn them into a, a title winning side having gone three points behind Rangers already having played four mm. league games and lost two of them well, but Kevin's, Kevin's a Rangers fan and he feels the best business is keeping the squad but he's you know he's, he's been broad minded about it and he's mentioned Kyogo and Edward you get the feeling Hugh that Celtic have been criticised for Everything really In the last 18 months On this show Everything yeah. The one thing That they can't really Be criticised for Is the business They managed to The, the fees that they managed To get yeah, for, yeah. for players And Odson Edward Who on his day Was clearly One of If not the best player In Scotland Depending who you ask uh-huh. um, Had a difficult start To the season Most people said He was poor last season He was still the top scorer In Scotland And he only had a year Left in his contract That's the crucial part And Celtic got 15 million For him and, and rising with yeah. with add-ons in, in this calendar year They made a fortune Frimpong went to German football For 11 million Ayer went to Brentford for 13 million uh, Edward's now gone for 15 million it, It's terrific money They've had to put money out To get players in uh, And a lot of the criticism Directed towards Celtic Has been absolutely justified They've made terrible buys and the Eddie Howe business was a fiasco. Uh, now, as I say, the, can you bring all these players together from Portugal, uh, from Holland, uh, from Japan? Uh, can they all gel quickly, mm. as quickly as you need them to do? Because they they have gone three behind Rangers. The they have very tough matches coming up Celtic You know everyone knows the story They can beat up St Mirren They can beat up Dundee But when push got to shove against Rangers They couldn't do it So they've got big tests Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen uh, And they have to assimilate these players very quickly Still early in the season Kevin But I do sometimes feel like the first international break Allows you just a little pause for reflection Because it's breathless stuff before that Our big teams go straight into qualifiers League games, midweek qualifiers The transfer window closes The draw for the, the group stages of European competition is made So with the dust having settled on a number of those The, the first Old Firm game as well How do you assess the, the start of the season And the business done And what lies ahead in Europe? I mean, as as far as as far as Rangers are concerned, it's fantastic they've kept the the, the entire squad from last year and arguably added to it. It's yet to see whether Sakala and Lindstrom and uh, the Janino Bakuna. Yeah. 
yeah, they kind of whether they come and make an impression in the team, which they could well do. That 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 lays ahead. We don't know, but uh, Rangers keeping their star players certainly uh, bodes well for the for the season, and hopefully Rangers can continue their form. And Celtic seem to have made some very good signings, but it's yet to see whether they can gel and if they can gel fast, because Celtic need them to gel fast. Yeah, there is no. Any time an overhaul is a big one, Stephen, it's just not easy because I've I can't recall any club anywhere ever getting a hundred percent of their transfers right. It just it just doesn't happen. You I don't even know what a good success rate is. Probably somewhere around sixty seventy is is good. So when you lose the number of players that Celtic did, I read it out the other night. You know the even although last season was a was disappointing. Christopher Iyer, Scott Brown, Ryan Christie, Odson Edward, Lee Griffiths, Shane Duffy, Mohamed El Yunusi, John Joe Kenny, Diego Laxalt, Livy and Cham. They must have played. Hundreds of games Between them last season So you move them out You bring them in It's just very difficult To get that right straight away Well I can The only way I can, can I, I'm part of a team now That signed 18 players Now we've signed Lee Hodgson again today so That's number 18 So we had a total new team In the summer But We were able to go to We went to Belfast for a week And totally gel You, you know some of the faces You know how they play You, you get a feel for each other And you, you quick, can quite quickly Become a settled team And Obviously it helps you starting to win games But when you factor in Obviously from Japan Germany mm. eh, Holland sorry um, Ireland They're coming from all around the world You do have to have quite a strong core And a good group That that welcomes them in And tries to make everyone And very quickly at a club Especially the size of Celtic You have to win at the same time So it's never easy And if you offered me off the, off the mark Would I rather have the settled team That's used to winning And know each other completely Or a total new team I would take the Celtic team all day, every day. But Celtic had no choice. They had to rip oh. it up and start again. It, it, it had to happen. So, And they've started in with reasonable success and it looks as if they've brought in some good players. And no matter what language you speak, good players are good players. They, yeah. they get you excited. Do you think um, on Kevin's point about, you know, he said he didn't know how Celtic got 15 for Edward. Is that, is that what happens once you... You know, and you can't maybe can't measure this stuff, but once you do establish yourself as a team that that trades in that type of market, there's been a lot of fascination about Rangers um, kickstart the player trading model. That's the phrase you keep hearing, and maybe maybe St Johnson's a good example of that. Everyone's talking about the money that they should have got and didn't get for Ali McCann. Is it almost once you start those type of sales that it's a snowball effect? Because yeah. a year left for Edward is is quite something. Celtic have got experience in in selling players. I mean. Um, Probably looking back, like they could have got more even from Van Dyke, etc. But they're, they're used to it. clubs like St Johnson probably haven't had the summer they've just had in terms of selling players. But Edward, once once they leave and you see the numbers, the age he is, um, France under twenty one striker, only twenty two. His games, goals and assists is excellent for his age, and even anyone that's followed Scottish football and watches Celtic regularly know there was a dip from the Edward from maybe two years ago, but. His numbers were still excellent last year With yeah. having a poor season I think it helps having Patrick Vieira At Crystal mm. Palace You know he, He'll have known about Edward From his teenage years uh, And You know they, they, they did have Bigger players in mind Crystal Palace But couldn't get them over the line So uh, Patrick Vieira Has Clearly thought He can do it uh, And that has been Celtic's good fortune Because of good money and People will be shouting at the radio Saying you don't Win trophies for Bringing in big transfer fees I totally accept that But it's yeah. just an unavoidable part yeah. of, of the game at the moment 
Yeah, and they're good at it. And and also in that league, I mean, you can get examples of teams that bought players from strikers from leagues for similar or more money with not the same record at a big club, but with having to win and having to score goals. So. Uh, right, Kevin, apologies, I've just looked at the clock, I didn't realise it was so late on, but it was lovely for you to join us from Stockholm, hopefully we'll speak to you soon Okay, thank you Good man, that was Kevin there on the line, Rangers fan, now living there uh, in Stockholm Dear old place, Stockholm Oof. Don't buy Was a, inexpensive Oh, don't buy a pint over there You wouldn't buy a pint anywhere No, I'd wait till you were up in the bar Copenhagen the other night as well, I've seen similar complaints, no real Tartan Army numbers of course over there, so well, saved my, a few quid my, Two of my grandkids are half Danish, so, so they are. I'd be welcoming them. <sighs> so you were you were fine the other night. You... They they they've got the two strips. Both were Danish strips and and Scotland strips. So were they happy with the result or yeah. m- mixed? Yeah, quite happy as long as you bung them a <laughs> chocolate or two. All right, that does pretty much leave it uh, for tonight, Stephen. How how is life at Kilmarnock? You touched on it there, having the new squad and things so under Tommy Wright and so on. How's it been? Yeah, up until last week it couldn't have went any better yeah. But I had a blow last week And um, got an injury at Scott Robinson first half Which didn't help But yeah, I've really enjoyed it so far and, um, Yeah, I, I can't speak any higher Of how, how well the ad boys have adapted to the new team Belief levels that you can bounce straight back up? Yeah, well that's the plan I would imagine that, That's the plan, yeah and, uh, There's nothing from the league we've seen so far That you think they're much better than us so. Inverness? Yeah, good side um, Well, they've their win last week But they still to play him three times Absolutely Long old season Still to come I think we will leave it there Thank you to Stephen McGinn And to Hugh Keevans For joining me on tonight's show The biggest thanks every night Goes to you though Because you deserve it the most We really appreciate all the calls All the tweets Everyone who just listens on In silence And shouts at the radio And tells us how much rubbish We're talking We even appreciate you as well uh, Really enjoyed giving the tickets Away this week No super scoreboard On a Saturday afternoon Hugh Keevans Very rare very rare Blame the I'll save up all the nonsense For Monday night Absolutely Blame those who come up With the scheduling Scotland are in action Against Moldova At 7.45 Tomorrow evening Which means on Monday There will be a lot To look back on So make sure you join us Monday night at 6 o'clock Win, lose or draw I'm sure you'll all have Something to say about Scotland against Moldova So make sure you join us then And in the meantime You can just stay right there Your weekend And I'm not saying That Hugh Keevans Doesn't get you up For the weekend But he's sort of The warm up act Uh, to Mr George Bowie GBX Friday is up next